Hello and welcome to Connection Life Ministries podcast. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to God's Word. Today's podcast is from Jim Moore, founder of Salem House of Prayer in Salem, Oregon, and Words of Encouragement with Jim Moore. Good morning, everyone. It's Jim Moore, and you're watching Words of Encouragement. And it is August 1st. August 1st. Amen. And this is program number 514. So glad to have you with me today. Been off uh, last week or so. A lot of stuff going on in our life. And uh, we still are (laughs) having stuff going on. So just uh, pray for your patience. And um, yeah, I'll pray for yours. You pray for mine. Amen. And we'll just continue to love Jesus as we go. So it is uh, Monday morning, and we just finished a very, very busy week. And uh going to go into this uh, subject today about being in his image or being transformed into his image. But I'll tell you uh, just a little bit of an update of where we are. It's always kind of uh, funny to me, people who who will say, like, I watched the program. I mean, you know, people can watch or not watch, and that's irrelevant. But people, oh, yeah, I watched the program. And then they'll go... Wow, I had no idea you were here for like two months. That's <laughs> like we pretty much tell people every day where we're at and what we're doing. So, yeah. Anyway, so we're actually about ready to leave uh, Salem. So, for those of you that we did not get a chance to meet or connect, I am so sorry. We really wanted to meet with as many as possible, um, but it just wasn't possible. So. But it was a joy um, talking to a lot of you, and uh, it was great uh, getting to talk to you face-to-face. And so, anyway, this last week was a difficult week for us. As many of you know, uh, we had a passing in the family, our nephew, Philip, beloved uh, nephew. And uh, thank you again for all of your comments, all of your empathy and, uh, you know, love and appreciation being poured out and, uh, you know, just, just your kind words. We, we received a lot of uh, strength from them and a lot of encouragement. And so, uh, and I know I'm coming on a little bit early today. I don't see any faces coming on. That's, that's okay. Um, yeah, there's, <laughs> because I'm, I'm before the normal time, which is eight o'clock. And I also did not put an announcement on before. So some of you never got a heads up. I'm sorry, I got so much to do. We had to do it this way this morning. And I need you to know, too, as we're traveling, that um, it is a little hit and miss. I'm going to try my best to do it at 8 o'clock in the morning, but then we have time changes that happen and and different, um, you know, sleeping patterns and driving patterns and all of that. So just, you know, keep your, your uh, uh, what do they call that? Not announcement, but your notifications on and... Uh, and I will try to uh, keep up with that as we as we travel. So we're getting ready uh, to leave the area. And um, yeah, so a lot of plans and so on and so on. So had a good uh, memorial service yesterday. We chose not to put that online only because uh, it was more of a private matter. And so um, we kind of started putting it on for the public and didn't mean to. So we had to take that down. So good morning, Deb. God bless you. We got one on. Woohoo! 
Amen. So, uh, but anyway, I unless the family really wants that to go online for the public, we won't be putting it on. But thank you for those. Hey, Deb. Those of you who are praying, because it really made a huge difference. The presence of the Lord uh, was really felt, and it was awesome. And, um, you know, I just, you know, one of the key scriptures that we use uh, lots of times in a in a memorial service or a celebration of life or a funeral, whatever you want to call it, is the scripture that says, we sorrow not as others that have no hope. And that is so powerful because it's, it really says two things. Number one, that it's okay to sorrow. It's okay to feel grief. I mean, it's a normal thing. It's actually kind of abnormal if somebody you say you love passes away and you don't feel grief for it. It's not normal. Okay. But it says we don't do that the same way as we would do if we didn't have the hope of the resurrection. If we didn't have the hope of eternal life. If we didn't have the hope that our loved one is not really disintegrated and you know we think of death as a as a finality and a disintegration and you know because their body you know does go back to the ground ashes to ashes dust to dust and all that we we fight in a way this conflicting uh, reality of of separation from their body and so on and and the reality that their spirit is alive. I mean, it's just a difficult thing to do. So give yourself some grace, okay? But uh, we do have that hope, and, we, and our hope is secure. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead was so much more than him just declaring he was king of, over the world. I mean, that he was king of kings and Lord, Lord. That too, for sure, that's a holy thing. But the it was for us too. It was also so that we could understand Christ and his first fruits, okay? First Corinthians 15 Christ, the resurrection, Christ in his first fruits, then us afterwards who are at his appearing. So there will be a general resurrection of the dead. Okay. The, actually, the Bible talks about two resurrections, a resurrection of the just and the unjust. Hi, Elizabeth. God bless you. Thanks, you guys, for coming on. And uh, we really do appreciate it's good to know there are people that uh, are listening so anyway there's a <clears throat> resurrection of the just the scripture says look this up by the way good morning fred um get accustomed to being diligent in looking up the scriptures you know we have been given way way many more gifts than our predecessors have uh, we've been giving all kinds of methods and means you know, there was a time there was no such thing as uh, Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. There was a time that didn't exist, right? And people had to really commit to memory and know where scriptures were found. Imagine, well, I think first the Bibles had a concordance in the back that helped them find verses. Then there was the exhaustive concordance. Now we have search engines. And you can basically find any scripture you want to find. It's not even that hard. So what the Lord has done is he's taken away our excuses, as it were, for not being diligent. The Bible says that God honors those who diligently seek him. So anyway, be diligent. Look up the scriptures. Get familiar with them. Know them. Let them feed your soul. Anyway, got off on a buddy trailer. But this idea of the resurrection, there are two of them. Okay, It says there's a resurrection of the just and the unjust. Okay, there's a resurrection when uh, when we're caught up together. Now, again, regardless of all your feelings about the rapture and when it would happen and blah, 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 all the blah, 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 blah. 
what it comes down to is it says there will be something. It's not called the rapture. Don't freak out about that. It doesn't matter. It's catching away into the air where we will rise to meet the Lord in the air. It, uh, there's no disputing that. How, when, what do you want to call it? Whatever. We tend to focus on all the, you know, the intricacies of things and in the process, forget about it. it says that we will rise. Okay. So it says we'll rise. The dead of Christ will rise first. First, okay, and go to meet the Lord in the air. And then later on, it says there's another resurrection. And it actually literally says that there is a second resurrection, one for the just, one for the unjust. So anyway, but the resurrection is meant to give us hope. Now, if you if you live a wicked life and if you just live however way you want to live and you stick your finger in God's eye and say, you're not going to be God over me. I'm going to be my own God, which is kind of what the world says. You're the master of your own destiny. You be your own God. You know, if you do that, then there's not much hope in the resurrection, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and so on and so on. That's how God's will for us. That's how he wants, right? He has no desire for that. Yeah, he has less desire for it than you do. He wants it to be a good time, a good occasion and so on and so on. Anyway, I'm on the resurrection. I was just talking about Philip's memorial. But you get the point. Okay, The plans of God are good. They're good for you. He loves you, and he wants nothing but good for you. Okay, But you have to want that, too, in the context of the Lord. His goal for you, you see, how to get to that place is often in God's perspective different than yours. All right, you want the good in life, you want heal, you want health. You know, I my phrase that I pray a lot now these days because I'm getting older, right? And it's a little bit more of a challenge. Hi, Robin, <clears throat> is that I want to be happy, healthy, and holy. And not necessarily in that order. Probably holy, healthy, or probably healthy. For, I don't know. See, that's the problem. You try to figure it out. If you're not healthy, everything else is hard. If you're not holy, everything else is hard. And if you actually have those two things, then the happy kind of naturally comes. So we want that. But how do we get that? You don't get it by demanding God be like you. Okay? You don't get it by trying to be him. Now, what I mean by being him, we want to be like him. We want to be transformed into the image of Christ. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But not replacing him, but being like him. Okay, there's a big difference between wanting to be like your creator. You know, we have hip, there's a hypocrisy sometimes in our heart, and I say this gently, where we say we believe in a creator. We believe in, in God. Ninety some percent of the population of the world in some way says, I believe in God. They call him different things and so on and so on. If you're watching this program, you likely believe in God. So so we say we believe in God, our creator, he created the world, created the universe, okay? And then things have been, you know, procreating as time goes on. But we say we believe in a creator, and then we don't want him to be God. We don't, we fail to yield. We're afraid to yield because somehow his object is to take away our pleasure. He wants to take away our happiness. And the enemy comes along and says, well, if you smoke dope and do drugs and sleep with everybody you meet and all of those those things and just, you know, steal from people so you can have and all of this stuff, that's really how you're going to be happy. And it's a lie. It's a lie. So what I'm saying is the Lord wants those things for you. OK, and we're always quick to say, well, I, 
I prayed and God didn't do this stuff. You know, God wants more. I'm going to say this. This is a real serious thing. God wants more than just for you to get your needs met. Okay? He does want that. Like any good parent wants to meet the needs of their children. But he has a greater goal in mind for you and I, for humanity in general. Why he even made humanity? Well, first and foremost, it's to love. For him to love us and us to love him back. I've preached on that many, many times. But it's also to be transformed into his image. Now, I'm going to take a second real quick to uh, tell you about the link I put on. In just 30 seconds here, the link is um, from... Uh, I'm probably going to forget this guy's name, Michael Koulianos, I think is how you say his name. Anyway, he's the pastor of a, a church called Jesus Image Church. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to want to watch this video. You just are going to want to watch it. Now it's got a, you know, a fairly long uh, worship service. I'm not going to tell you not to listen to it because it's really awesome too. But if you only have a little bit of time, listen to the message. Listen to the message. So many of the things, and I'm not, Trying to be the hero here, but so many of the things he said are stuff I've been preaching for years and years and years. I've never been given a huge platform. That's fine. You know, God gives to everybody according to his will. But I'm just like, yes, Jesus, yes, yes, that, yes, that, yes, that. God is not looking for sometimes the things we're looking for. God is looking for humility. He's looking for us to go low. He's looking for us to humble ourselves and say, yes, Jesus, I trust you that you love me, that you love us all. You want to transform. I want to be transformed in the image of Christ. I'm not, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm being drug along, you know, like kicking and screaming. You know, we all have those times. But really, in my heart of hearts, more than anything else in the earth, literally, I want to be transformed in his image. I want to love my wife, my beloved Linda, well. I want to serve. I want to lay my life down for her. I really, really do. My kids, I want to do the same for them. My friends, I mean, you know, you can't do the same for everybody all the time. You just can't. I mean, let's be realistic. But you, our heart says, yes, we want to love and serve humanity. That is the second commandment. We want to do that well. We want to do it like Jesus does. But the first and foremost is him, to love him. So how does that happen? Well, we're being transformed into the image of Christ now. And so the link that's on there is, uh, interestingly enough, okay, I didn't plan it this way, but it's uh, from a church called uh, In His Image, and he's talking about what it means to be transformed. And I want to thank my friend uh, Andy for sending that to me again this morning. It was went right along with what the Lord was telling me. So watch it. You're going to want to watch it. Even if it takes you four or five things to watch it, please, 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 as a personal favor, I'm asking you to watch it and listen closely. Because he's not saying, you know, we, we as preachers, we can have a tendency to say what we know people want to hear. And that is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Okay. So anyway, you're going to want to watch that. I think I went over 30 seconds. All right. Second Corinthians 3.18. There are a lot of verses that talk about what it means to be transformed in the image of Christ. I believe Romans 12.1, it says, be not conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind. That's one. Uh, the couple that I put on there, I think I put three of them on there. One is Second Corinthians 3.18, and the other one is 1 John 3.3. 3, and then the last one, I think it's Romans 8.29, right? Because Romans 8.28 says, all things work together for good to them who love God. Right? Hi, Anne. Hi, Robin. If I miss your name, I'm sorry. 
All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Well, what is his purpose? It is to transform you into his image. And that is the greatest favor that God could ever do for you. Okay. He's not, he's not being egotistical. He's not, he's not uh, being self-centered. He knows that you walking daily with him and uh, being, you know, submitting our life to the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit is going to transform you. The hard stuff helps transform you. The good stuff, the easy stuff helps everything, all things, all things work together for good to them who love God, which loving God is the primary purpose, right? To them who are the called according to his purposes. And then it goes on to say that we might be, con- that our destiny, look it up, it's really fascinating because we, we kind of focus on one verse sometimes, like John 3.16, and we, hi Angie, we get the, we forget the verse that's before and the verse that's after. Well, the verse that's right after the famous Romans 8.28, all things work together for good, is the one that declares, are you listening? Our destiny. People say, I don't know what my destiny is. I can tell you today, right now, right now, I can solve that problem for you because the Bible actually says what your destiny is. Now, again, our destiny, we've, tend to think of that about what we're called to do, right? Am I supposed to be a preacher, or a plumber, a prophet, a seamstress? We think of our destiny as what we're supposed to do. And that's right. There, our destiny is wrapped up in what we do for sure. But when you hopscotch over the most important part of your destiny, how are you going to get anything right after that? you got to get that first thing. right? For me, I tell especially young people, stop everything else. Stop seeking for everything else until you get a revelation of the first thing. And it says in Romans 8, 29, your destiny is to be transformed. You want to know as well? Your destiny is to be transformed into the image of Christ. Now, that is not a one-time shot. You don't get hands laid on you and suddenly you have that, although you should get hands laid on you all the time. Okay, You can't get a prophetic word and be transformed in the image of Christ. You can't just soak. You can't just, you know, you got to, it's a daily progressive thing. I'll tell you, one of the biggest, most underrated, underemphasized, uh, important issues, in my opinion, in the scripture is consistency. You're going to gain so much more by daily doing what you know is right to do. You know, we talk about following our heart. And that was in the message this morning. Again, you're going to want to listen to it. That's become kind of this thing where really we just do whatever we feel like instead of being obedient to what the Lord says. So anyway, I'll jump back off of that. So being transformed. Let's look at the first uh, verse is Second Corinthians 3.18. That says that we behold the glory. There are lots of ways that we are being transformed. All right. I, through the message and the ministry that I uh happily did yesterday at my uh, nephew's memorial service Mm -hmm. helped transform me incrementally, right? Because that's how transformation happens. You know, we want the big thing, right? We want the big, we want the big splash. We want the, wow, I went to this conference and, you know, God wrecked my life. And those are times, those things happen. You know, I I think of, um, oh, I'm going to forget her name right now, uh, Heidi Baker, you know, lived for Jesus all of her life, 
served the Lord, loved the Lord, ministered her and Roland, went to Africa, you know, for, I don't know, seven years, something like I don't know. Saw very little in the, in the, what, what they could see being done. She goes to, um, you know, I think it was, um, airport vineyard. She gets rocked. I mean, she's like two or three days trembling on the floor. I, I've had that experience. I know what that's like. That's a real thing. Anyway, that, that was a big splash. And she would point to that as an issue, one of the issues that helped transform her to the person she is today. But where she's at today and where she's going in her transformation process, there's still miles and miles to go. And that was not the thing. It is the daily, every day. As a matter of fact, I think when you're consistent, just coming before the Lord, seeking his face, reading his words, feasting on his words, Okay. Yes, prophesying us yes, all that. It's the daily, day by day stuff that I think actually leads you in many cases to those dramatic moments that help transform you. And they're like throwing gas on the fire. They're like steroids, whatever you want to call. So, but those are not the main thing. It, although they feel like the main thing, they're not the main thing. It is the, it's the moment by moment, day by day. It says in, Back to the scripture, Second Corinthians three eighteen, that that we are changed, we're transformed by beholding the glory of the Lord, as in a mirror. I'm not going to go down; <laughs> it's too much there. But we are transformed as we behold the glory, and then it says, "From glory to glory." You cannot. There's a there's a principle in the scripture that says that teaches. It doesn't say this verbatim, but it teaches very plainly, that you become what you behold. That's my next verse I'm going to go to in 1 John 3, 3. That you become what you behold. Whatever has your attention has your destiny. Okay? Whatever has your whatever you're fixated upon is your destiny. You know, you can choose your destiny. What would it be like? I mean, imagine for a moment if I told you you could have pretty much whatever you wanted. Okay, that you and I'm thinking in godly terms, because if you know, if you want to be a power magnate and and all of that, I guess whatever. I mean, that's up to you. I don't I don't care for any of that. I want him. I want his likeness. I want his love. I want his nearness. I want his abiding presence. I want to be aware of it. All of this because I think I can love better that way. Transform the image of Christ is his plan. That's his plan. It's not some secondary thing. You know, we treat it sometimes like a kind of a secondary thing, like an add-on. And he's kind of an add-on to make my life better. No, he is my life. Okay? I don't take him in to make my life better. He is my life. I actually had to die. You know, what does it say? It says uh, we're resurrected in Christ because we go to the cross. And we. Jesus said, you got to lay your life down, then I'm going to come into it. There's no resurrection, spiritually speaking, unless there's a spiritual death. Okay? That's his plan. That's is it, that being conformed to his image. So what you behold, it's called becoming what you behold. What are you beholding? And life tries to get you to where you're distracted by so many things. And I'm not saying being irresponsible. I'm not saying not paying attention. We do what we do with responsibility and diligence and excellence. But we're not to use the things that we are called to do as an excuse to ignore or just be irresponsible to the things we're called to be. And what we're called to be is transformed into the image of Christ. So you become what you behold. 
What has your attention has your destiny. What has your attention has your future. I remember hearing a preacher say this once. It was a moment that God smacked me in a good way. Let the righteous smite me and it shall be a kindness. He says, you show me what you do every day and I'll show you your future. You see, we have a disconnect there. We think we just can do what we do every day and somehow magically our future will be changed. No, no, it's not true. You show me what you do every day. I'll tell you what your future is going to be like a year from now or two or three. You can fashion your destiny according to the will of God by doing the things that will take you there. Every destination has a road. I've told many people this. If you want to go to the city of holiness, there's a road that goes there. If you want to go to the city, I'm using city as a metaphor, of, of blessing, uh, let's say let's say prosperity, financial. I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I do believe God wants to bless us. Okay, there's a road that gets you there. You can't if you want to go to a city, you've got to get on the road that takes you to the city. You can't get on this road and expect to get to that city. You follow me, what I'm saying? Okay, so let's say prosperity, financial security, financial wellness. Okay, it's called trusting the Lord. It's called paying your tithes and offerings. Okay, giving to the Lord. Not because he needs it, but because you need to be delivered from the spirit or the the attitude of lack and want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That takes some things. Uh, getting out of debt. I mean, there's a road that gets there is what I'm saying. What about health? Well, there's a road that it that will take you there. It's called, you know, knowing what God promised in the Bible. It's called taking care of yourself. It's, it's called not daring God to make you healthy when you eat Twinkies all day long. You know what I'm saying? There's a road that will take you to where you want to go. Now, the road that takes you to being transformed into his image, that's our subject today. Okay. What does it look like? It looks like 1 John 3, 3. You become what you behold. Now, let me quote it to you best I can. Holy Spirit, help me. I don't have my laptop. It says, For behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called the sons of God, made in his image. That's both initial and progressive, all right? Initial and progressive. And you can't get there through a life of disobedience. You just can't, all right? But behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the sons of God. And it does not yet appear. Listen now, hone in real close. It does not yet appear what we shall be. There is an element of the mystery in walking with Jesus, you have to embrace the mystery instead of constantly opposing it. Are you listening? Now, I'm not talking about being passive. Hey, Sarah, God bless you. I'm not talking about when the devil is trying to dominate being passive. That's not what I mean. And you have to be mature enough and discerning enough to know the difference. So that's a whole other subject. Okay. But you cannot become like Christ by constantly beholding self or constantly being distracted for everything else. It says that we know not what we shall be. Okay, that's the mystery. There's an element of mystery. And you want to embrace that. You want to embrace the the sometimes the mystery in the kingdom. Because that's why faith is so important, right? It says, but we know this. Okay, so there's two elements. We don't know fully what we shall be. But here's what we do know. Okay, so let's focus on what we do know. We shall be are you ready for the next thing? I, I think sometimes we're just like, so I know I'm, draw, I'm drawing you out. I'm drawing you out. I really am. Okay. 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, you do. It's right there. Okay. We know not what we shall be. Okay. I embrace the mystery. But we know this. We shall be like him. That's what, that's our destiny. What, how much do you actually want that? I know we all say we want it. Yes. You stand in a group of thousand people. How many of you want to be like Jesus? Everybody's yay. But our life denies it. Okay. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying our, do you have someone in your life to challenge you? Do you have a father and a mother in the spirit who loves you enough to tell you the truth about who you are and about where you're missing it? I know so many people. They say all the right words and they, and I think their heart really does want, but they're unwilling to listen to correction. They're unwilling to be instructed. There's so much rejection there from different things that have happened in their past. If your family, if you grew up in being rejected, you're going to have an issue with that and you can get over it. But, but they want this. Our, our doing has to align with our wanting. You see what I'm saying? We have to get on that road. So we don't know what we shall be, but we know this, that we shall be like him. And then it tells us actually how. Okay. And I'm going to cut this short and end this up pretty quick this morning because I got to go get stuff ready to pack up and go. Okay. We shall be like him for or because there's that conjunction word, right? Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Okay. There's a conjunction word, which means this is how we get there. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We become what we behold. When you want to be like him and you see him as he is, imagine what it would be like if the Lord were able to walk with you for a day. Now, what I mean is in the natural. I actually would really like this to happen. <laughs> Before I die. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. Whatever. But imagine if the Lord could manifest, would manifest to you and say, today, Jim Moore, today, Debbie, today, Sarah, okay, I'm going to walk with you today. Today, Steve, I'm going to walk with you. Okay. Linda, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to appear to you. No one else is going to see me, but just you and you and I are going to walk side by side all day today. That would be a big splash, okay? Because there's some guesswork involved. I mean, let's just be honest. There is. We walk by faith and not by sight. He wants it that way because that actually gives us some some leeway to make mistakes and all that. If he walked for you where you could see him all the time, there'd be no room for error. To whom that is given much would require much. You see what I'm saying? There's, you, you wouldn't be able to go, I didn't know, you know. But what a great thing it would be because you would see him as he is. Not as you want him to be. See, I think our culture has come to the place, and I'm not going to go negative here, but but we turn Jesus into what we want him to be instead of what he is. And there's everybody that's a little different for everyone. I'm not, you know, brush strokes, broad brush strokes, but but to see him as he is, when you have a desire, when you couple seeing him as he is with the desire to be like him, what happens? You suddenly go, Oh, that's how you would do this. Oh, that's how you're like in this situation. Oh, that's how you forgive. That's how you love. Oh, that's how you correct. Correct, right? Oh, that's how you do it. We know not what we shall be, but we do know this. We'll be like him because we will see him as he is. Now, I know we always put that in the 
future context. In other words, after we die and go to heaven, right? And of course that's true. Everything is you know, better, better when we cross over. Nobody's, nobody's debating that. But I'm, I'm interested in here now. Okay. You, okay. Hear me now. I'm trying to gather my thoughts. You have not seen him. We'll be like him because we shall see him. Shall see him is also right now. We'll be like him for we shall see him right now. Not just in heaven, right now. Okay. There's always this both and, both now and then. You don't have to wait to die to see Jesus. Okay. You can see him now through the scripture, through other people, through communication. We call that prayer. You can see him incrementally as he is. Is anybody getting this? Anybody out there? You can see him as he is. And that is the process of transformation. That is beholding him. The scripture said it back in 2 Corinthians 18, from glory, thanks Deb, from glory to glory. Plural glory. That means you see an element of his glory today and then another one tomorrow and then another one the next day. You are, the more you see him, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Shall means future. We shall see him. Not we are seeing him. We shall see him as, in other words, there's always something more to see about Jesus. There's always something more to see about him. And we do get it from other people. We get that from preachers. We get it from worship music. We get it from the scripture. Don't abandon the most basic things, which I'd say the most basic things are you talking to him and you reading his word because he is the word and he is in the word. Okay. So don't forsake. Those are your foundation. If you talk about consistency with anything, those are the two most basic consistent things that you should do every single day, in my opinion. Okay. And then the other stuff, it's all good. It all piles on top of that. We shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. In other words, you see a little more of him every day. Okay. As you feast on the goodness of the Lord, you feast on the correction of the Lord. You feast on all of the aspects and attribute of the Lord. Can I say this? Even the ones you don't like. If you ignore the ones you don't like, you will have a distorted view of him. The Bible commands us, in my opinion, to behold. Behold, therefore. Doesn't sound like a suggestion. Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God. There's some, and those, again, that's not the goodness and badness of God. That, that, you know, he's good one day and he's mean the next day. Never. Okay. Never. God is, cannot be anything but good. But you could think that when he has to deal with you in severity. Despise not the correction of the Lord or his chastening. Okay. Whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Sometimes, I mean, like, do you remember when you're a kid, your mom or dad spanked you? I hate you so much. I can't believe you did that to me. You know, really, in the honesty of their heart, they're trying to help you. Now, human beings are flawed and they could get mean. My, you know, well, I won't go into my experience, but you know what I'm saying? You lose their temper and all that. I get that, but not God. So when he says, behold, the goodness and the severity of the Lord, he's not saying the goodness and the badness. He's saying the way I have to deal with human beings because I love them. I show them my goodness. Sometimes they repent. If they don't and they're rebellious and they're stubborn and they're stiff necked and they're hard hearted, all of those biblical terms. Okay. Says I have to get serious with them. I have to because I love them and I'm not going to just let them go on their merry way to hell and darkness and destruction. Right. Because he has eternity in mind. So. You get what I'm saying? We, if we only behold 
the parts of the Lord that are agreeable to us, you will have a distorted view of God. Now, the flip side is true as well. Okay, you only you only behold the what you like, and the, but if you only behold the negative, there are people that do that too. I mean, we all know them, right? They cannot get out of the mindset of the wrath and the terror and, you know, the anger and all of those things. And they're just like, uh, God is, you know, yes, God is so tired of your. <laughs> the Lord spoke that to me one time because I kept hearing these preachers saying, you know, uh, you know, God is so tired of you. And I say, you know, the Lord said, it's not really me who's tired of that of people. It's them. <laughs> You know, the Lord doesn't like lose his temper. As a matter of fact, I think when the Lord has to bring correction, he does because he has to. And he does it with a with often a broken heart. Right. All right. Anyway, we are transformed by what behold. So let me end right here. Let me quote the scripture one more time and I'm going to end. So we do not know. This is first John, I think, three, three or four or something like that. We do not know what we shall be. There's an element of the mystery we embrace. But this we do know. We will be like him. We shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is transformed. We'll be like him, transformed into his image. And again, multiple scriptures that say this. We shall be like him because for we shall see him. Transformation is connected to seeing. And it's not just talking about your physical eyes, obviously. You need to see the Lord. You need to be behold the glory and the glory doesn't just mean the kabod, the weightiness, the, you know, golden glow. It also means the reputation. Okay. Like, you know, uh, the king's glory or whatever. It also speaks of the, the reputation and the beauty and the goodness. And whatever. we, as we behold the glory of the Lord and we increase in understanding, we become more like him. If that's all right. Now, last part of the verse I haven't quoted yet. Now I'm here. Whoever has this hope, this is actually what it says. You're going to be shocked. Whoever has this hope, what, what hope, what hope? Transformation, seeing him as he is, being transformed in his image. Whoever has this hope of being transformed into his image, it says purifies himself, even as he, Jesus, is pure. It's been so long since I've heard anyone preach on this message. If you want to hear a great message, Okay, listen to the link I put on today. You are going to be blessed or challenged or both. Okay, but we do not don't know what we shall be, but we know we will be like him for we will see him as he is. And whosoever has this hope, transformation and so on, purifies himself. Now, it doesn't say God's purifying you, although obviously he is. But there's a cooperative spirit involved, purifies him or herself even as he, Jesus, is pure. So in other words, we're, we're looking at Jesus. We're looking at him. We never lose the, you know, the bracelet. What would Jesus do? We never lose that. That never goes away. We don't just do that because it became popular and now it's not and so we don't care anymore. No, we are being transformed as we gaze upon the beauty, the glory, the majesty, the holiness, the kindness, the love, the purity, the wisdom of Jesus. Okay, and you know what? We shall be like him now. And then we shall consummate that in the future when we pass on. Okay, there we go. That's it. We're being transformed into the image of a person.
the God-man. And that is your destiny, according to Romans 8, 28, and 29. It is the destiny of every human being to be transformed into the image of their creator. Just like every papa, every mom and dad wants their sons and daughters to be transformed and to be like them. Of course, you don't, you know, you want to be have individuality. You get what I'm saying. Transformed in the image of Christ. Hi, Wendy. So if you're just coming on, I encourage you to go back and listen to the beginning and, um, and hear the updates. Again, I know a lot of people aren't able to come in the program till more towards the end. And so they miss some of the, the, um, announcements and so on. But, uh, we'll just want to reiterate that Linda and I are getting ready to hit the road. We'll be actually hitting the road, Lord willing, tomorrow morning. And so might be a little, you know, off and some of the timing as far as the program goes, but I'm going to do my best while we're on the road because I've been off for a week, uh, to go ahead and let you know where we're at and what we're doing. And so if we do some fun stuff, I'll tell you about that too. Amen. All right. So pray for us. We're praying for you. I would ask a specific prayer for some, um, uh, we need some financial, uh, uh, provision from the Lord and, uh, you know, God uses people. So that's, you know, people say, Oh, you shouldn't ask. Well, it's just not what the Bible says it says you have not because you ask not. And so when on coming down, it cost us about a thousand dollars. $1,100 in just in fuel. God provided for that or we wouldn't have come. Mm-hmm. And so we're at that moment now. How I many you know God does things in the 11th hour? <laughs> okay. So I am appealing uh, to you. I'm just sharing our needs so you can pray and uh, ask the Lord if there's something you should do or want to do um, to help. So thank you so much for that. We love you. Let me pray for you. Father, will we pray, Lord, because today you want to transform us a little bit more into your image. Lord, uh, forgive the things that we have not surrendered to, Lord, the things that are of you. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you will give grace to those who listen to this and the other message that is put on to be transformed into your image. It is what we desire above all things. We know we don't always do it right, but we want it. We're not going to give up. We're not going to quit. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the things I said at the service yesterday, the memorial, about my nephews, he never quit. He had uh, challenges like we all do, but he never quit. He kept coming back. And that's what the Lord wants. Keep coming back. Friend, if you feel distant from him, if you sinned, uh, you know, the Lord says, the Bible says it's the Lord. All right. The Bible is the Lord, right? And he says, a righteous man falls seven times and get, gets up. God is not nearly as displeased with your stumbling as he is your refusal to come back. Adam and Eve, they sinned. What did they do? They hid. They ran away. We need to practice when we ascertain that there is something that we're struggling with. We need to practice coming back to the Lord. Do not let shame get a hold of your heart. Keep coming back. Keep approaching him. You know, and I promise I'll end with this. I keep saying that if God commanded you and I, okay, God, the son, the word made flesh commanded you and I, they asked him, Lord, how many times do I forgive my brother? What did he say? And oh, actually said, how many times do I forgive my brother? Till seven times? That was like the hopeful. Is seven times enough? (laughs) This guy has sinned against me six times and I've forgiven him and he's about to do the seventh. And can that be enough? (laughs) That was their hopeful question. How many times should my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? And Jesus said, verily I say unto you, 
till if uh, 70 times seven. Actually, this is so unrealistic in our point of view. He says, if your brother comes to you in a day, every day, in uh, this many times in one day, I mean, who could sin against you that many times and ask and repents and says, please forgive me under 70 times seven. Now, here's my point in that. If God commands you to do that, will he not do it himself? You who are discouraged, you who feel weak and broken. I always like to address them because I know you're watching. You failed, you've fallen, you're disappointed in yourself. Okay, we tend to feel that God must be too. Listen, if he commanded me to forgive you 70 times seven, he will do no less than that. He cannot do less than that and still be God. Okay, your grace has not run out. Amen. Doesn't mean it's okay. Okay, God can love you and disagree with what you're doing. (laughs) All right, I'm rambling now. It's all good though. I love you guys. Thank you. Keep us in prayer. If you only got a piece of this, please go back and listen to it. And then listen to the link. You're actually really going to like that you did. So love you all. God bless you. And as always, give yourself permission to have a great day. You've been listening to Connection Life Ministries podcast. It is our honor and privilege to partner with others from around the world in a joint effort to get the Word of God to you. If you would like more information or have questions, feel free to email us at connectionlifeministries at yahoo.com.